0: Blog Talk Radio. Our faith has become tainted, our morals broken. Biblical moral instruction outside of religion seems a thing of the past during these times where they're most needed. Whilst the Founding Fathers of the United States created through faith the very foundation on which you stand those that think they are higher than you and your Bill of Rights try to stand over it. It is your moral and respective duty as an American to protect those you love against anybody or any entity that threaten health, freedom and the right to take up arms for the defence of your family. It is your moral duty to consider off-the-grid living, barter and trade within local communities so that you always have a backup plan outside of forced government law. It's time to take back your towns, cities, and countries. It's time to take back that which has been stolen from you, whether it be property, moral foundation, or most importantly, the love of family. So let's do this with your host, Tara Beth, right here and now on Harvesting Truth.
1: Good evening, my friends. Thanks for tuning in on the Overthrow Network. It is Sunday, July 12th, and tonight I'm going to talk more about the battle flag issue and getting into some more Confederate history, just sort of picking up from my last episode. Um, for those of you who are wondering why I wasn't on the air last Sunday, it's because I was co-hosting a weekend festival and although I did have every intention in doing the show, there were far too many distractions and people around for me to buckle down and get it done. So, my apologies. But Freedom Palooza was amazing, as always. It was our fifth one, and I did speak this year. Of course, it was on the Confederacy and family values because I'm all fired up about the Confederate issue right now. And there were comments from people who were watching the live stream on the internet um, that had saw the speech and they said they appreciated my symbolic introduction. So I thought I'd share with you how I did open my speech. Um, On the stage was a star spangled banner flag set up um, as a backdrop because the person we rented the stage from, he thought it was appropriate. He's a great guy. You know, it's okay. He isn't up on the current situation in this nation of nations, but He was wrong, but it's all good. So for my intro, I walked to the stage holding my Dixie flag that was flying over my head. Um, Led Zeppelin was cranking, so it was all sorts of cool, you know. Anyhow, I got up to the stage and removed his flag and put up my Confederate flag so that I could speak in front of it. (laughs) Uh, The stage owner was upset, but oh well, you know, the others loved it. But I spoke about how the confederation is under attack and people need to wake up to the history quick so we can come together to resist these attacks by countering the lies with truth. But I'm so pleased to see that the federation all over the South. And I'm even more pleased to see that it was just happening in my town, too, um, here in Pennsylvania, <laughs> The last 2 days a truck rally was held at my local fairground, fairgrounds. <clears throat> I drove by, not even realizing it was going on, and I looked over and I saw what looked like a sea of red. <laughs> and I was just I was just taken back. I thought, "Oh, oh, did I just die and come to heaven? How is this even happening? I was just talking uh to some friends over the internet and Skype or whatever about how how can I find a copperheads in my area? You know, and here it was. I'm driving back from Farmer's Market, and like I said, a sea of red. <laughs> uh, Confederate flags were flying. I mean, it was miles, you know, and we have the biggest fairgrounds in our state, and it was packed, okay? Um, so it, it's just good to see that I'm not the only copperhead in Pennsylvania. <laughs> And then when I opened my newspaper today, they even showcased it on the front page. And um, the reporter interviewed a man who was selling flags there. And according to that man, and even my friend, who come to find out, was after I saw that at the rally, my friend had a camper in front of a business who is another friend of ours. He had his big camper set up, and he was selling his flags, which is where I got my battle flag from. He's from Virginia. His family fought with Stonewall Jackson. Uh, really cool stuff. Anyway, he's he's a real history buff, and that's another cop ahead. That's great. So um, they were both saying, you know, that the man who was interviewed in the newspaper and my friend, and other people also are saying that it, they're, the flag sales have just boosted, and they had to actually double the price. But many flag dealers are finding it difficult to get more flags because they're selling so fast. Isn't that awesome? Right. So as my one friend put it, one flag goes down and thousands more go up. So this is a beautiful thing, um, especially when it involves people who are flying it uh, when they're well aware of what it really means. Now, you know, people, they say it represents the South and the South does not represent slavery, you know, all this kind of thing. They they know that uh, there are false history teachings going on and um, and the... Media and sitcoms and movies—they always present the South to be, you know, just dumb, awful people, um, racist in and KKK, and you know, and that's always, you know, the things that they're embellishing over the entire South or the Confederation in general are just very few. So, you know, it's just awesome to see that people are awake um, to to something in mass numbers and even in the north. Hey, that's awesome. Okay, so um, if anyone is interested in calling in tonight, please do. I'd love to chat with you. I don't have a guest lined up, and I'm kind of slacking on the guest thing, um, only because I just, I don't know, just haven't got around to it, okay? I'm a slacker. But anyway, if you want to call in, the number is 347-215-7292. Um, I think we will be able to do that It'd Depends. I've actually haven't answered calls on this, but hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I want to talk about some facts that people need to know about the Confederacy, so I can just clear the air a little. The topic for tonight is about both the controversial flags that have been causing us stir since the weekend of Flag Day. You hear me? Since the weekend of Flag Day. What a couldn't. What a coincidence, right? Um, when flag day happened, Dylan roof, uh, did that. And then they targeted the confederacy with Dylan roof's killings and, uh, the Supreme court soon thereafter had decided that gay marriage, uh, was going to go across, you know, was going to override States opinions and, and votes and stuff. And then the flags of sodomy went up. So there, I don't know. It all kind of seems planned to me, but call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. Um, so, First, some facts about the Confeder- Confederacy. And I want to get into why I feel you need to support this cause and then why we can get into the rainbow flag and what it is that you're supporting when you are supporting that flag instead. So you can bow out and say, I don't support either flag, but that just means you are not willing to stand up for which side of this war you want to be on because there is a war going on, my friends, okay? So go ahead and be worthless to America and say, "I'm not getting in the middle of it. I'm not saying you have to pick a flag and fly it over your house okay that's that's not what I'm saying. that's just the symbolic thing you know what I'm saying to you is there is that battle there is a battle in this nation, and unless you decide to pick up for one side or the other, you're just sucking up air and willing to go wherever the wind takes you, so that makes you worthless or just not paying attention or a lost sheep, you know? And I'm not trying to step on you guys, but I would really like it if people saw what the heck is going on out there and said, wow, you know, okay, so we have some serious issues where we have Christian traditionalism being under attack by sodomy. Sodomy is starting to become a normal thing in this country. They're touting it as, you know, as it's the brave new world. Now it's, it's at the point where we have to um, – make a choice or the people that are attacking are going to just win and we're going to have to live under their, their ideologies, their um, Marxism, their culture. So yes, everybody's complaining about, you know, everything, but it all comes down to this. Okay. Let's see. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about history. So, does anyone remember the notorious John Brown in the Civil War history books? Um, he was nothing but a cold-blooded murderer, and they put him in the history books as the one who sparked the war. He killed a bunch of slave owners for Lincoln's noble cause of um, abolition, uh, a cause that wasn't needed to end slavery to begin with. Anyhow, Brown caused such a stir in Congress with these killings and among the people that it said his crime is is what escalated to the war, and uh, history repeats. We know this. I mean, just look at the modern day thugs they've turned into saints and use as martyrs to incite riot, riots. And that's what they did with John Brown. Now I'm bringing him up because it seems like the Dylan Roof incident is being touted by the media as a modern day noble cause for the confederates even though no confederate i know would and i know a lot okay and i know a lot that are pretty angry with blacks and stuff and i don't know a single one that would say you know at at least not to me and i haven't heard it they haven't you know that they would agree what dylan did the feds have made it appear that roof is some front man for the entire south and the dumb liberals and the black lives matter group types actually fall for this nonsense all I'm wondering is if the feds who have been working to ignite a race war, which if you don't see that going on, then you are really not paying attention. But the the feds, the media, all, all the powers that be all combined, they're, they're definitely igniting a race war. And they're doing so, this is one of their latest tax, tactics, is by giving the South a false John Brown type figure. It worked in the uncivil war, right? So why not now? but what I mean is the whole church shooting and church burnings are just false flags. They are put forth by the cultural Marxists to generate public hatred of the confederation and the entire Southern heritage as a whole. So they've equated the Virginia battle flag to a SWAT sticker, um, sticker, sorry, there's my new England accent (laughs) and claiming it represents slavery as though the entire South fought to own slaves, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, then they usher an alleged coup Confederate who actually made a manifesto that included his intentions was to spark a race war. That's just what the media wants. That's what they need. They need a John Brown for the Confederates so that they can they can target him and then target the rest of uh, the rest of everything that he's supposedly about and and then tell tell the Black Lives Matter and tell these people that Dylan Roof is basically the uh the model of what everyone in the South represents. Just like John Brown was was a model for what the North people, you know, what what the abolitionists represent. you know, to the point where it's like, We're gonna kill you for our noble cause, you know. And um I I just I don't know. I, I, when I read history, I can't help but lay the present over it, so I can see the similar tactics that these very same anime, enemies have been using since after the creation of Adam and Eve. It's, you know, I mean, they've they've been doing this for a long time. And in American history, they're kind of they're they're using the same things for the same measures to centralize to centralize, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but ten percent of the South owned slaves. I've heard it was only 6%. I've even heard 3%. I don't know. I've seen government documents and whatever the actual percentage is, the population that did own slaves was very small. And I have talked with historians that have showed me, um, you know, in the books and stuff, and they're like, look, it was like 6%. You know, if you're saying 20%, you're, you're, being, you're saying that's just wrong. You know, like it's, it's a very small percent. Um, and of that small percentage – And a very large percent of that was the ultra-rich. You know, these are the ones that had a lot of slaves. Okay? And that's the the large percent of that small percent. And there are great (laughs) – there are many great arguments that claim these in this percentage were actually um, the Jewish elite. And I know, I thought this was ridiculous when I first heard it, and I don't want to be a person that says Jews are behind everything. So – Even though this claim was told to me by a number of friends that I find are very credible in their history uh, knowledge and their research, I had to look into it myself. It turns out that it's actually true. (laughs) And a lot of times they're always like, see, you know, and it's like, but I can't take someone's word for it. If they're going to tell me something and that sounds absolutely absurd, okay, so you're telling me that, okay, the South. Um, a very small percentage of the South owned slaves. Okay, I got that. I have, I've seen some documents that show it's a very small, under 10%. And then um, then you're going to say that a large percent of that were all Jews, and it's like, you know, I mean, it's almost like saying the red piles or, you know, something like that. So anyway, I had to look into it. And um, one of my favorite historians on slavery after kind of, you know, doing some digging actually was uh, a black man, Louis Farrakhan, um, I don't know a whole lot more about him. I know that uh, he has some, some other things that I agree with, and things I disagree with. But he did a really uh, an extensive amount of research on this. And for those who may doubt such a claim as the ultra rich in the in the South being Jews, the ones that owned massive amounts of slaves, then check out his work on the subject. And you can find him like YouTubes and giving speeches on it. And he sources all of his um, all of his sources and stuff. He's he's really good at it. And you can also look into um the Carnegie Foundation where you'll see journals documenting the laws, uh the Jewish ships and um how the uh, who and how the blacks sold their own people to Jewish slave traders and there are other things showing this theory is not made up. Oh, and a little side note, um the slave ships on the slave ships they were the Star Spangled Banner flags. <laughs> Uh, So that it's not the Virginia battle flag. I mean, geez. Okay. So anyway, um, just a fun fact for a Marxist, you know. I have a lot of fun facts for Marxists on this show tonight. So a very small percentage of Southern whites had slaves. Now I say that because um, the Jews don't like to be called white. They only c- claim to be white when they're trying to um, say, speak on behalf of whites, you know, so whenever it's convenient for them. But you can find a lot of their own quotes. They're like, you know, we're, we're not white, we're Jewish. And they're like, oh, don't even call me that, you cattle scum, you know. So um, a very small percent of the Southern whites um, had slaves. And the North owned them as well. Also a number of freed black men owned slaves, too. <laughs> uh, there's another fun fact. There you go. Uh, freed black men owned slaves, you know. So it was considered um, a legitimate business, which actually General Lee would disagree in, and see it as a, as an evil and it is a sin. And many people today obviously know it is a sin, but it's still going on today. You know what I mean? And that doesn't take away from those people that did. But what it does do is it shows that not the entire South can be blamed for the few. Okay? And also, you need to keep in perspective of what was going on during that time and how the small percentage of the slave owners, the white ones, treated their slaves. Okay? And guess what? (laughs) Actually, I just thought uh, the Irish were slaves in America also. And there's actually good reason for me to believe that my Irish descendants from Boston began here as slaves. But don't worry, you won't see me spray-painting Irish Lives Matter on Confederate monuments, you know, although that would express the same logic as Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's how ridiculous this has become. So because blacks were slaves to a small percentage in the South, then that means the entire South is guilty for the sins of the few. And that means the entire South is... Our are, are slave running redneck this that oh and did you know that did you know the term redneck uh, was for a white farmer who worked on the farm he toiled hard on the farm so he he got a redneck from the sun um how does a a slave driving slave owner <laughs> get rednecks you know if they're getting slaves to do all the work for them and they sit back and you know no so it, it, the whole thing is just it's absolutely atrocious. So um, what they're saying is the anti industrial South that prospered in a peaceful lifestyle based on the Jeffersonian agrarian model, a beautiful model for the earth, the animals, and the people, they're saying that it's dirty, it's evil, uh, just because the ultra-rich and some wealthy few lived in sin. I mean, that's absolutely stupid. It's just stupid. So, yes, there were wealthy families who did on them too, not just the corporate elite. But you know what? The majority were not cruel to their slaves. Their slaves were an expensive investment. They had to care for them for them to give back their worth. And, yes, I know humans are not property. I know that. It's awful. But believe it or not, they live better than the illegals do here now. Fast forward to today, they're not working at all. And we're paying for them to live, you know. So the slaves in those days, they had homes, and they had respect from their masters. And, you know, today they have homes, and they have food stamps, and they have things, but they don't have respect from us because now we're pissed for the most part. But, you know, that's, that's part of the Dixie, too. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't make us racist. That makes us realist. But. These cultural Marxists don't know that many of the freed blacks would stay in their uh, their owners, stay with their owners after they were free, because they had a roof over their heads and a farm to work on. And a lot of these people, you know, like uh, the the black women, they were like um, they were like nannies and housemaids and stuff. They became part of the family, and they got old and died together. You could see photographs from taken from that time, and they're all sitting on a porch together. Knitting together. I mean, you know, and they're riding the trains together and the buses together. You know, all that stuff that was going on in the North. You know, in the Civil Rights Movement and all that nonsense that was going on. I mean, that's this was very different. <laughs> but um, yeah, they uh, they also the Marxists also don't know that there were a great number of Black Confederates that were fighting for the Confederacy even after the Proclamation, because they knew that it wasn't about owning slaves. <laughs> General Lee was was an abolitionist of sorts. He believed in the advancements of whites. You know, he believed that we could teach them and, and allow them to live, you know, among themselves in white civilization. He wanted to do it. Uh, he actually had a school to to educate them, to, you know, and they they were working hard to to help these these tribal people that they took out of africa to become civilized people. And um these were the leaders of the confederacy people. Okay? Abe Lincoln he didn't believe that blacks were um equal to us at all. In fact, he said that they should get nothing. Uh, you know, and we and that whites are superior and there should definitely be a separation. Actually, Abe Lincoln wanted to um you know his end result or whatever was to ship them all back to their homeland. You know, and so if the Marxists knew this, they would they would have to rethink everything and think, wow, you know, the Confederacy was right because this person and become equal rights and all that kind of stuff. They would have been more for Davis and, and General Lee than they would be for Abe Lincoln. On that note, you know, so yeah, these people don't know history. And um. As far as it goes, like I I hate Abe Lincoln to the death. I I just you know I just want to whatever. I mean even then I'm still not going to say we should dig up his grave like they were doing what they, they're talking about with Nathan Bedford Forrest and his wife. Oh we don't want him in our town. Let's dig up his grave and move him out. That's disgusting. This is awful what they're what they're doing to our history and they're lying about us. You know and and I don't say us because I'm a Southern girl. I'm not. I lived in the South a couple of years, and I loved it, but um, I'm from the north, and I'm a confederate girl, but you know, I say us because um, it's about the confederacy, and I'm for that old-fashioned little government um, agrarian model, you know, like that is such a cool life to me, where everybody grows food and they exchange, um, their currency is, is not federalized, it's, it's all by you know, however the people decide, the people... Or, like, mob rules, but they had Christian rules and values. I mean, the antebellum was beautiful, and that's what the flag represents, people. That's what it means. Peace. It's about, about just, you know, living. And when people do wrong, they're punished for it, you know. And but um, yeah, Abe, Abe Lincoln. Actually, like I said, I really don't like the guy. But as far as returning the Africans to the homeland, I think it was. A better idea than what General Lee and uh, and Davison thought of, which was, which I think is still a very Christian thing. To educate them and do that. But, you know,
2: unless you keep them in order.
1: Fast forward some time where they had to go around lynching people because the blacks were getting out of hand and stuff. And and look at them now. <laughs> I mean, look at the black. I'm not talking about all blacks, okay, but. Yeah, it unfortunately we're very different we're we're human, we're all human, but we're different species in the sense that we we're not living together very well and not I don't know, it's just not working out. So um anyway, no one fought in the war for slavery. I mean, aside from maybe the elite Jew businessmen who relied on slaves to um labor their giant mono cropping fields, which still plague our landscape today. You know what monocrops are, I hope, is um acres upon acres of single crops. Like up here, it's always corn or soy. It's just miles of corn or soy because mm-hmm. they're corn or soy derivative. Happens to be some of the major ingredients that are emasculating our males. Anyway, um these monocrops are part of an industrial model. And that was the very thing that the large majority of the, Sud- the Southern Confederates fought against. They were against industry. So, I mean, just mm-hmm. all thinking. The South was uh, the South saw the centralized industrious North as a people without morals. They were money-driven. It was material-based. Mm-hmm. The idea that slavery and cotton fields, the South, so prosperous and bountiful and such a beautiful period is false. That's false. That's not what it is. Because the real Confederates, okay, not that elite few that, you know, we're being tarred with, but the real Confederates wanted to fight for the local and states' rights. They wanted to fight to keep their simple living intact. They didn't want federal, federal businesses and railroads and all this stuff ripping through their towns and, and bringing all these transient people and everything just becoming this one big kind of centralized mess. They like the quaint closeness and community based It's a Jeffersonian model. It's a beautiful model. You should check it out, look into it. So, um, yeah, they slavery and cotton fields weren't at all. The reason the South was, was so great, uh, during the antebellum period, money from cotton came from the British colonies. Most of it, because they shipped all that stuff over to, to great Britain. And, you know the the money from that it, it went into the hands of the of the people who were running the corporations. It's not like it went to all of the people in the South. It it was mainly the Southern Jewish elite because these were major corporations that were running in the South. You know, because South the economy was grown down there, it grew better down there. They're the ones that should be subject to the liberal hate, not the rest of the South who was being targeted and attacked. So as far as uh, the slaveholders and the wealthy sphere, you know, not the ultra-rich, but, you know, the more wealth that did have slaves, um, they used them to operate farms and they only owned them at a time, you know, and they fed them and they had houses and they engaged in a practice that is still here today, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> what do you think the illegals are doing up here? Or how about the au pairs or the housemaids? you know? It's still happening Uh, slavery was a sign of the times and it was a shameful period but so it is still very corrupt in this day where illegals are being used to work and sweat in the fields just as it was in the antebellum south the only difference between illegals on the field today and the negroes on the field in the antebellum period is that the illegals get paid very very little and the slaves didn't get paid at all because they were bought but the illegals don't have their own homes or masters to look after them. They live in a nasty. They live in nasty little apartment complexes with more than four to a bedroom. Okay, where's is- where's the liberal outrage for this? You know, gee, perhaps there are good reasons why us evil Confederate racists want them illegals out. Ever think of that? On top of feeling utterly invaded and wanting to keep our culture and culture and communities intact, we might actually recognize. That they're being used as slaves, but instead of giving them our tax money and elevating them to our standards, which would actually mean depreciating ours, many of us say they need to go because we don't want to devolve to a third world status, which is what the feds want to do with us. That's the whole point of all this invasion. And some have even said that's what well, that was the whole point of slavery in the beginning, too, is because then you start to you start to um, mingle people and then that particular culture becomes destroyed. So let me take a minute on this, because some of you may not understand the idea of um, multiculturalism or multidiversism and, and how it is a, an actually a, a bad thing. OK, picture Europe. And there are so many different cultures in Europe and it's great. And it's Europe. It was (laughs) mainly a white nation, well, you know, a whole white country of different nations. Like you go to Italy and you have Italian culture and Italian uh, cuisines and and Italian women. And, you know, they had their own different features and stuff like that. And you go to France and the same thing. They have their own cool things. And then you go into um, Ireland and, and then go south in the Latin areas and then you got Portugal and you know you got some, you got a lot of cool different things going on there now when you start to uh create i guess a melting pot of sorts which is what america was was a mix of all Europeans and you know that was cool. And a lot of them, like the Germans, kind of kept to themselves, and and the Scots kept to themselves. You know, and even if they did kind of intermingle, it wasn't you know it wasn't too bad. But they all had their own little cool communities going on. It was and America was cool like that was like a quilt. It had all these different things on one on one spread. Um. Then right, and then you bring in a totally different culture, which is was very tribal. You know, uh, different color skin, different. Language was completely different, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then you bring that in, and and that could be a quilt too, you know, but things things have a natural segregation. I don't agree with forced segregation, and I certainly don't believe in forced integration either. I believe that when you have a country that is made up of different cultures, that people stick to their own kind. But when you start putting in laws that that are – you know, keeping people from getting to certain things or, or forcing people into, like, busing the busing programs or where they set up a, a black school in the middle of a white neighborhood and then these black students were terrorizing all the white people in the neighborhood and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's not cool, okay? Organically, segregation or separatism happens. And a lot of people in the Confederate stripe, they realize this, you know, and um, they, have, they have a grudge against the feds for their intrusion and trying to interrupt a natural way of life. You know, there's no reason to force anything. It's just let things be the way they are. But I'm getting a little <clears throat> off track, you know. Um, the thing is, is preserving a culture is, is important. That's mainly what I wanted to say. But the feds, they want to keep diverse races here. And they want to um, integrate them within one, uh, you know, each other. And it, you especially see it in the white nations where they have our government bombing the heck out of Middle East. So all of the Muslims are going into Europe and the Europeans are getting mad at the Muslims because they're like, you know, we don't want your, your, like France uh, and the veils and stuff like that because they're like, you know, we used to have these beautiful streets, and now we have a bunch of Muslims on it. I mean, no offense to you guys, but we don't want that here. It's, France is no longer France. It looks like the Middle East now. And, you know, and people say, well, it's a messed up thing but to say. But it's like, no, it's not. What's wrong with wanting to preserve your community or your culture, you know? Like, okay. And then you got, uh, now they're, like, opening the floodgates and saying, up," you know, Eagles, like, you know, we, we'll we give you these stuff or whatever, you know, the white people will pay for it, you know, come on in. And so they just, it's obvious that they're, that the white countries mostly are being invaded. I don't really see other ones that are, you don't see a mass group of of white people invading Africa or China or anything like that. It's mainly Europe that is um, being subjected to all of this multiculturalism and it's causing conflict. So I feel they want to instig- uh, instigate racial conflicts, and they want to bring the white man down from a once peaceful and free life of the Confederacy to a life of slavery and degradation of the Federation. They're using they're using um, people of different nationalities or races as pawns, so to speak. So, I mean, it's becoming obvious even to the people who voted for Obama that the media, the president, and all these alleged black leaders are instigating hatred while promoting revenge on whites in general, on the South, on American history, on the Confederation, and most importantly, Christianity. The schools are indoctrinating children into believing that being white is a privilege and we should bow our heads in shame and publicly apologize for being white. I'm not even kidding you. Some Jewish professor, who I guess conveniently is claiming to be white, says that whites, we should apologize for slavery. Again, they want you to believe that the entire white South were evil racists, and thus their history should be erased. This means the symbols, the monuments, the flags, street names, you name it. Okay, it must be removed. Just as they did our Christian symbols from the public. They've already done so much. Um, Flags from grave sites in Asheville, North Carolina, I believe it was, uh, they were bundled off the grave sites. It was a Confederate gravesite, and they were thrown into a trash, and the photo of all the flags in the trash can went vi- uh, viral. It was so disgraceful. It was so disgraceful. Um, okay, so I got about 20 minutes left, and I wanted to talk a bit about um, porting the rainbow flag means, okay? And I hope that I... I gave you an understanding of what supporting the Confederate flag means. Okay. Um, it is definitely about traditional Christian morals, um, a, a more simple lifestyle without federal government, government intrusion, uh, local based, agrarian based. I mean, no, I'm not trying to go back in time here. I'm just trying to say that, you know, goods in exchange for uh, is, is uh commodity. I mean, there, there is a certain beautiful, life that was lived under the articles of confederation that we could modernize to this day and it could be absolutely awesome and free. And um that's what the flag represents to a lot of people. Okay, yeah, maybe the flag actually represents enslaving black people to some. I doubt it. Okay, I absolutely doubt that. Uh I can't you know like like honestly I don't even think Dylan Roof was real <laughs> cuz I just I just doubt that, you know, that's even It's just crazy. But anyway. Um, Okay. Some of you guys, I'm sure, know about the um, Oregonian Melissa Sweet Cakes Bakery. She, you know, said, I'm sorry, I can't bake you a gay cake. And um, the couple brought her to court. And the court turned around and charged $135,000 in fines to the couple which pretty much put the family out of business. Actually, just going through the court processes and all that (laughs) is enough to put a a small business out of business, you know. And um, actually it was cool because a lot of people supported them and they, you know, to help, you know, pay their fine, people did a fund me or a chip in or whatever, and she got like $200,000. So 50 grand plus on top of paying that. Um, hopefully she can get her business back up, and that's great. That's that's how people help one another, and that's the Confederate way. And that's how we that's that's charity. That's looking out, and that's that's good stuff. That's a Christian thing to do. Uh, so when you support the rainbow flag, you're supporting the government being able to tell a person who, what they can do with their own business. Okay. So yeah, woo, oh that's great, you know. There's a lot of lot of uh, you know, bigwigs out there talking about how oh your religious freedoms doesn't leave a church. Okay, well I'm I'm a very Christian person, I don't go to church, okay? So you're gonna tell me that my my religious or my my faith does my rights to my faith and my belief and my thoughts don't extend outside of a church, so I have to join a church so I can express my thoughts. OK, so they're saying that if you if you work in the wedding business, you have to, you have to serve. If you work in the business industry, period, you cannot deny business. So I guess no shirts, no shoes, no business is also out. You can come in topless and I have to serve you. Now, uh, the whole no discrimination rules only is one sided. It's obvious it's against the Christians against anything that Christ says, you know, the rules to follow, morality. But um, also, when you support the flag, you're supporting puberty blockers. Uh, pedophilia is now considered a sexual orientation. Okay. Next, they're going to take steps to normalize it, as we see them doing here. And then it comes to legalize, as you know, as we see them doing with the gays. Then they're going to try to legalize it. This is how they, exactly, they did it for homosexuality, which is just another practice of sodomy, really. You know, we really have to protect our kids. We can't trust anyone. You know, unless we know them like a brother or a sister, we, we can't trust anyone. I mean, there are videos and photos of sodomites cheering on very young boys. It was more than one that I saw just you know just from people sharing it it was um like a six-year-old and one was like a like you know around that age and they were doing erotic dancing at gay parades and all like these like dirty men wearing you know penis hammocks or whatever and they're like oh yeah like cheering them on it was like the most disgusting thing i've ever saw it was awful and they're you know and, and there are also, like, photos of uh, little girls and little boys who, for some awful reason, were at a gay pride, a, a celebration parade. <clears throat> and the photos show these kids are mortified and disgusted because they're, like, you see, like, the kid looking at, like, a, na- a man's bare naked penis. And, and they're like, oh, oh, I mean, I could see the trauma in the kid's face. It was just, I mean, these are sights I wish I never saw. It was just so awful but this isn't considered abuse now because now the Supreme court has decided that it doesn't want to respect all the state's rights and it's going to override and say, well, y'all have to respect that a man and a man can be married, you know, and, and they can, they can spit on your, your tradition and and the sanctity of marriage all day long. They can, you know, do these nasty hump dances on, on wedding gowns and, and uh, you know, rent me a husband for an hour, and they and they make a big laughing stock joke out of it. You know, this is what you're supporting when you support the rainbow flag. If you get a stupid rainbow filter on your Facebook, this is what you're supporting.
2: Okay. Tara, it's we sodomy. have a Tara, We have a caller yeah. here who'd like to ask you a question. I'm going to put him on. Okay, hold on one second.
1: Yeah, right on. Good stuff.
2: Okay, Don, you're on. What was your question? How do we, Don? Yes, Don. That Don, hi.
1: That Don, Don Ernesto.
2: Yes. How do we fight back, given that we are demographically on the downside of, of winning, besides waving flags and protests, What active steps can we take as patriots to monkey wrench the system without going to jail? Thank you.
1: Oh, that is a really awesome question, Don. Okay. Well, one of the things that we were discussing at the Freedom Palooza Festival was Jim Condit's precinct plan. plan is how to basically take over your precincts, doing it through the uh, republic process and getting in charge of your communities. We have to do things on a local base. And then there's Art Larson, who can show you he has a PDF on uh no place for hate. I mean no place for corruption. It was his his uh response to the No Place for Hate Jewish campaign. No Place for Corruption will teach people how to get the what he calls Jewish Mafia Syndicate out of their towns. Okay. Then aside okay. from that there are of course we need to drown out the lies with the truth. And that means we need to get together and go to our town halls and speak at the town hall meetings. We also need to uh, rally and and wave our flags and hand out information about the truth about the Confederacy and what the Confederation really is. And that when people say, what's up, why are they trampling over our rights, the Bill of Rights? Well, they need to realize that the Confederation is the answer to all of these questions. So there are ways to do it. The The problem that we have now is that, These Marxist ideologies have been spread, and has caused so much division among the people that people cannot get together under one, like a party. You know, like there's a political party that's going on right now that I'm trying to get everybody on board with. And that's called the American Eagle Party. And uh, who is heading that is uh, Merlin Miller. And he's all for states' rights and stuff, and he, he would even respect a state to secede if they if they needed to. But he wants to suffocate the federal government to the point where we wouldn't feel the need to secede, you know. So if we could get behind a guy – you know, people are talking about Donald Trump as if, like, he's something to even, like, think about. That drives me crazy. It's like, no, we need to get behind a man who's not afraid to, to, to call out the enemy, to call out the real problems. Um, to to put a stop to these wars, to bring our soldiers back, to actually do something effective for the American people, you know, not to you know not to be isolationist, but to fix our our system back to uh, a point where we are in control, the people, the voices are in control, and not you know not being controlled by D.C. all the way down to like small main streets and stuff. So I mean that's that's what I feel. I feel that there are certainly solutions. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, wait, Don, are you you there? Yeah. Oh, he hung. Okay, good. Well, what do you, I mean, do you have any solutions to offer to tell the listeners?
2: Uh, Don't feed the beast. I think that people just should not engage in commerce, uh, let's say, overboard, where they generate, you know, tax revenue, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, okay. I think demographically the town halls won't won't fly because we're outnumbered. We're we're dramatically outnumbered everywhere except for a few places in the south. For the rest, you know the mm-hmm. the, the, the Goliath has his tentacles all around whatever good decent areas are left, and so there has to be a little bit more active. Um, mm-hmm. Don't feed the beast campaign. I think it's got to be out of the box yeah. thinking and not in the box thinking. And I think the idea of a party. Um, this gentleman, did you, Miller, I think you said his name is. He may be 100% right, but I think he's. I don't think that that's an in the box solution, and and they've already, shall we say, war game this in case some party or someone were to rise up. They, they've got a counter to that.
1: That's just the yeah, way I see it. I, yeah, but that's kind of a hopeless thing. Like, I mean, if we don't if we don't have a someone that will speak for us on behalf of us, then. You know, and and if every state wants to secede, I mean, do you think that secession is the answer for this country? Every state for their own. I I don't see Are you... any viable secession movements anywhere.
2: I don't. Really?
1: Well, what do you, I mean, yeah. I think that uh, I I definitely see Florida is um, kicking up secession, and they've been talking about it on their local levels, and I think it could be possible. I don't know. I mean, I like I to keep don't, positive don't, don't because otherwise box, it's just, yeah.
2: Well, I just, I think anything through the ballot box would be, would be rigged, would be, you know, they rig elections. So why would they, they would not allow something like Florida or Texas to go away uh, by a vote. It just, it wouldn't happen. I just don't see it that way.
1: Oh yeah. Well, when it comes to secession, there's nothing, you can't ask the federal government to do anything. You just have to do it. I mean, there okay. is no, there's no, there is no asking. Well, we
2: agree. But I just don't yeah. see how, how we get there via your way. And uh, you know, there's got to
1: there's got to be a way. You know, there's got to be okay. a way. And um, and I think that we should definitely. You know, everybody should be talking about solutions and what we can do. Yeah. And I definitely think in the meantime that people need to actually get together and have. Um, have flag rallies across the south there are people putting flags on their trucks and they're driving through town and they're playing you know the dixie song and you know and there are people handing out literature about the truth about the confederacy um people are buying bullhorns and flags and they're going out and you know and that counter protesters are coming out so we're trying to think of ways to counter them and you know so um I think it's gonna grow. I mean if not then the federal the federation is just gonna steam right over us and states' rights will be gone forever and then we'll just be, you know, probably joining the federal empire. I mean that's the way I see it. But I don't mm-hmm. wanna see that. So I, I just say that, you know, keep on keep on keeping on.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: but thank you thank so you. much for the call. All right. All right, thank Bye-bye. you. Have a great night. Bye bye. Well, guys, we have about five minutes left. And um, I was telling you about the awful things that the rainbow flag represents. And um, let's see if I can get back on track here. It's just the – okay. I was telling you about, like, the puberty blockers and stuff like that. There's this one kid in Berkeley, California. Actually, I told you guys about that one on one of my other shows. Um, but there's a recent one now too, where it's a a girl who has decided at the age of six years old to become a boy. Okay, no child decides that kind of thing. I mean, what did their lesbian parents paint? You know, the the uh, no, no, no. Actually, it would be opposite. See, this stuff is so confusing. Like now, it's like is a transgendered woman. A man that became a woman, and a transgender male, a male that became a what? Wo- you know what? No, uh, people, we should purposely not learn what is what because there is no sense in trying to make sense of the nonsense. You know, it's just awful stuff out there that we cannot placate by trying to get a grip on. Because no, it's 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 just it's gripless, it's slimy, it's it's bad. Don't just keep it away from you. You know, don't even touch it with a 10-foot pole kind of thing. Um, It's just, it's a terrible plague. And the only thing that is going to stop it is our morals hold steadfast to our Christian values because they're working hard to rip our values right out of our hearts and dumb us down to the point where our moral compass is spinning in every direction. And everything is perfectly normal and perfectly okay. Sodomy is not okay, and there's all sorts of forms of sodomy and I'm sure everybody's guilty of some form of it or another, but they should know it's not okay. it hurts others. It's not because, oh, you know you decide to do that and and it's you know people are just judging you because you you should be able to do what you want with your life, but you're hurting others too by being outright and presentable with it. It's you're you're being you're playing a role in the degradation of humanity. So don't be led astray because you're you'll surely perish for going along with sexual deviances. You will, especially to those that hurt children. Okay, so a little seven year old boy who is doing erotic belly dancing and um twerking in front of a group of really disgusting hairy males that are wearing next to not cheering him on is bad. Yeah, it's not normal, okay? And don't let them tell you otherwise. It is not normal. That poor child should be taken into a good home and going through some counseling and some help. And that poor boy, I'm telling you, that poor thing, he's, A a young girl shouldn't be doing that. Never mind a young boy. But I love you all. Um, If you're listening to the show, then you must have some kind of connection to me. Uh, Hopefully you're a Confederate, (laughs) not a rainbow flag waiver. Um, For those Confederates out there that are listening, unite. Okay? Let's get together. Let's, um, you know, get out there and meet and even if you're in the north like today i mean like this weekend i saw there were a lot of copperheads up here so you know we need to gather and we just we just need to make a presence it doesn't have to be loud it doesn't have to be proud it just needs to be you know we just need to be humble and we need to let our townsfolk know hey man you know the media is saying a lot of stuff out there and um we're being really persecuted and and they're saying that we're haters and we're bigots, but they're really hating and bigoting on us. And um, we just want you people to know that, you know, we're really we're really for freedom. And, and this is the kind of freedom that we're for. And you should check it out because you might be for it, too. You know, because I have hope and I understand when people don't and people get bitter and they're just, you know, but you have to you have to fight on. And um, the line is dividing in the sand. There are two sides and there is a battle going on and the intellectuals are joining and there are people who don't really see it but you know they're going to see it more and more as it grows i think it is otherwise we're gone we're lost <laughs> and we become the persecuted minority which is uh i guess as told in the end times right but god bless you all and i hope that you tune in next sunday and um It'd be great to hear you if you want to call in. If you have any suggestions for me, something you want me to research and talk about, please send it my way. Uh, you can do that at tarabethatlive.com. Uh, the correct spelling of my name is T-A-R-R-A-H-B-E-T-H. That would be tarabeth@live.com. Or if you are on Facebook, you can find me there. I also have a Harvesting Truth Facebook page Um, that I'd like for you to join. Ask me about it, and I will put you in. So God bless. Be well. Thank you.